0: Christmas. I'm Pastor John from our Lansing campus. As most of you have heard, our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services have been canceled this weekend due to inclement weather and road conditions. We hope you're all staying safe out there, Uh, but we're going to miss seeing you all in person this weekend, but we're not going to let this weather stop us from celebrating. So welcome to this impromptu, uh, totally unplanned for, recorded from my own home, Christmas Eve online service. Uh, It might be a snowy night but it's still gonna be a special night as we're reminded of the love and grace of God for us through the gift of his son Jesus. Uh, I'd encourage you to throw us up on your TV, sing along with us and your family at home, and let the story of that first Christmas open your hearts to the joy and hope that was declared from all the way back then That is still being declared today. Uh, This is Christmas
1: Eve Online. Hi, everyone. It's Christmas Eve. Welcome. Just spending a little time doing a little journaling, a little reading. Um, Dug into Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. I want to share that with you at this time. So, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun land of Naphtali but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned so these words from the prophet Isaiah were recorded around 700 years before the birth of Jesus so when I read these words of Isaiah it makes me think that much like Christianity in our world today, it was a dark time in Jerusalem, a time of evil influence over God's people, people just like you and I are facing today. At that time, the Israelites, much like today's Christians, were receiving pressure and being pushed away farther and farther from God. When we look at the term darkness here, the way it's used, I don't feel it's the darkness that we're familiar with like nighttime, or the total or partial absence of light, but rather a form of darkness that belongs to the forces of evil. They're everywhere. This is the darkness that can create fear and anxiety or feelings of hopelessness or despair in all of us. This is the darkness that God wants to deliver us from. He wants to deliver all of us from that fear. Isaiah continues and follows up with his words of hope. In Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, Isaiah tells us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Christmas brings us the promise of a bright light shining in the darkness through a child that is given to us. So maybe this Christmas, more than ever before, we need to accept with open hearts, with faith, the overwhelming grace of God. Maybe this Christmas, we need to stop trying so hard to save ourselves, and instead, let our Wonderful Counselor, our Mighty God, our Everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace, do it for us. But in our minds, we might say, I've been unfaithful, and I've been sinful, and I'm just not sure God can or will accept me the way I am. So remember, God is not asking you to deserve Jesus, He's asking you to receive Jesus, and to trust Jesus, and to have faith in Jesus. So as was prophesized, promised, and eventually became history, for to you a child is born, to you a son is given. So as I reflect, what does Christmas mean to me? It means that God's love shines brightly every day. His love shines not just at Christmas, every single day of the year, and He shines that light to give us hope. So with that, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
2: In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. Can you imagine if an angel appeared before you? How would you feel about that? Would you be scared? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be scared too. too. He said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Again, what would that be like to have an angel tell you the Lord is with you? scary Scary, but exciting too right confused and disturbed Mary tried to think what the angel could mean don't be afraid Mary the angel told her for you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus he will be very great and will be called the son of the Most High the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David And he will reign over Israel forever. Wow, can you imagine? His kingdom will never end. It is amazing. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more... Your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. And I am so grateful, aren't you, that the word of the Lord never fails. Yes, for
3: sure.
2: Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. But what does the birth of Jesus mean to me? Well, because Mary delivered a baby... And that baby delivered me. I have hope for my future. I have security of salvation. And I have joy in my heart that Jesus was born and died for me.
4: my favorite parts of the Christmas season is reading and rereading the accounts of uh, the prophecy of Jesus's birth, uh, the advent of it, the conception right up to the birth itself. So this evening I'm going to share uh, with y'all the uh, account in the gospel according to Matthew and we're going to look at chapter 1 and verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Now, we know that the timing had to be just right, and I think Paul, as he was writing uh, the letter to the Romans in chapter 5, we'll see this, I think he gets the entire point of timing, where he writes, "When When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Now, before the Messiah could be born, as prophesied by Isaiah, the Lord needed a willing mother and father. He didn't take their free will away, so he needed somebody that would be obedient and willing to do what had been foretold. They had to be just right. They had to be a perfect complement to each other. They both had to be loving and merciful, wise and obedient, which they had to be spot on, a perfect match. When Mary came to Joseph and said, I'm pregnant, he could have charged her with um, with immorality, but joseph showed mercy instead this is one reason why i like joseph so much he's a moral man who stands for righteousness but he's also merciful which is a rare combination especially in that day in that society there aren't many men in scripture that don't have a lot of character flaws but joseph is one of the few i think joseph should get more attention at christmas time But being the humble man that he was, I don't really believe he'd want that. He's a tremendous example of being moral but merciful, of being logical and obedient. And that is why God chose him.
5: Oh my gosh, I was just busy like finishing stocking stuffers and finishing decorating, and I was hoping I would catch you so that I can tell you my favorite part of the Christmas story. This is from Luke 2, verses one through seven. Here's how it starts. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Say that five times fast. All went to be registered, each to his own town. So Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was with the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Snap, of course it did. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. (sighs) Whoa okay so much ground to cover here so stick with me. First I'm picturing a seriously pregnant teenage Mary because most historians say that Joseph and Mary were between the ages of 13 and 16 years old. They were scouring a jam-packed city think Mackinac Island on Memorial Day packed. There being absolutely zero places available to stay and literally everyone slamming the door in their faces. I've often wondered, do you think it would have been different if the inn owners knew? If they knew the Savior of the world, God himself, was about to be brought into the world, don't you think they would have clamored to take him in? To be the one and only Emmanuel Inn. God literally dwelt with us and rated us five stars. <laughs> the sad truth is, almost everyone else chose other priorities and chose not to see the Savior who is right in front of them. The same can be true for us today. How often do we do this in our lives, ignoring the Savior who is knocking on the door to our heart? He won't burst in or force his way. He gently knocks and quietly asks to be let in, to be made your Lord and Savior, the Lord of your life and the priority. Will you open the door of your heart and let Jesus in today? It's also notable that finally someone comes in clutch and arguably gives everything that he has. Historians say the animals fed from mangers were kept in a literal cave off the back of a home or an inn. So these were not high-end accommodations by any means, and may have even been embarrassing to even offer. But this innkeeper gave what he had anyway. Maybe this is you. Maybe you're rolling into the Christmas season on steam and fumes, and you're not even sure what you have to give Jesus. Can I encourage you that all he wants is your willing heart? What you have that you think is measly and not enough, it's exactly what Jesus can use. Lastly, baby Jesus was swaddled with strips of cloth and laid in a manger. A manger being a borrowed stone feeding trough in a cave, which ultimately foreshadowed the borrowed stone tomb also located in a cave that he would later be buried in and even better that he would come out from when he rose from the dead what a grand amazing story this is from start to finish Jesus enters humbly and lowly without fanfare or splendor And ascends back to heaven victorious after defeating sin and Satan and death and doing that for us. So, what does the birth of Jesus mean to me? It means that because of Emmanuel, because of God choosing to dwell and live among us, and even in us, I get to have life. That because Jesus entered the darkness as the light of the world... I get to be redeemed and carry that light wherever I go. I get to be a part of God's family, to be called a daughter of the king, and live my life to give him glory. Wow, what a gift. What hope that we have. This is what's worth celebrating. This is truly the miracle
3: of Christmas.
6: Jingle bells, Batman smells, ah, oh, come on, oh. Robin laid an egg, man, I hate snow, what's that, you want to hear a story, I'd be glad to tell you, because I need a break, Whew. this snow's killing me, what story do you want to hear, I got a story about the shepherds and angels, supposed to be reading it in the church and I need to practice anyways you know it's funny you know shepherds they were sometimes viewed as drifters or dishonest troublemakers and I think sometimes they were just misunderstood and I've been there misunderstood and lost and feeling like I didn't belong so we start in Luke 2 And uh, it says that night the shepherds were staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Don't be afraid, he said. Terrified? Understatement of the year. I would have been paralyzed with fear. If an angel were talking to me I couldn't even fathom. You know, it kind of reminiscent of uh, this guard duty I was pulling along the Kuwaiti border. Um, and it was I was responsible for the well-being of all these soldiers. And I looked up and I saw this red glow in the sky. And it just seemed to be getting closer. And it, it dawned on me, that's a missile and it's coming at us. And I heard this boom and I saw it and this other light was getting so much closer to the other one. And then there was just this eruption and the sky went dark. That's when it dawned on me that that missile was shot down by one of ours. I'm sure God was looking out for me that night and I'm thankful of that. So back to our shepherds. The angel reassured them that he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. I don't know about you, but if an angel were speaking to me and I already felt Sort of like an outcast. How would I ever have the faith to listen if others that I was around didn't have the faith in me already? Suddenly this angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. They were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. Peace on earth with those whom God has pleased? Ain't that the truth? The more I please God, the more peace finds me. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried. They went without haste. They ran. They they couldn't get there fast enough. And when they arrived at the village, they found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby, and the baby was lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Yes, they were astonished. They actually listened to them. That could only have come from God. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds, they went back to their flocks and they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when this baby was circumcised, that's when they named the baby. He was named Jesus. He was given that name by an angel even before he was conceived. So what does this birth of Jesus mean to me? Well, to me personally, I know that due to that birth, I have been able to live a completely different life. And I have something to look forward to because Jesus has changed my life. And he changed that life by dying, but he couldn't die if he wasn't born first. So that's what Jesus means to me.
0: Hey guys, these are my friends, uh, the wise men. And this is, uh, this is King Herod sitting over here. And uh, we have a message for you. And that message is if you aren't careful, uh, you can go through the whole Christmas season and still miss Christmas. Now, I know what you're thinking, how could anyone in their right mind actually miss Christmas? You know, with all the advertising and the publicity and the promotions of the holiday each year, how could we possibly miss Christmas? Well, for those of us uh, you know who, who know and love Jesus even, we can get caught up in the swirl of activity around Christmas time and miss out on Christmas in our life. And we don't want that to happen. Well, in Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12, we meet a guy named Herod, And uh, he was one of the first guys to actually miss Christmas. Matthew says this, he says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, a lot of us think the wise men were at the manger scene, uh, when we look at those live nativities and the nativities are sitting around the church, usually wise men are part of that. But this was actually about two years after the birth of Jesus. And the wise men, um, being the wise guys they are, thought, hey, if a, if a king has been born in Judea, if uh, the king of the Jews has been born, well, then obviously he's going to be at the royal palace of the capital city, right? So they went to Jerusalem to ask King Herod if, if they might see the king of the Jews. Well... Uh, Herod didn't like to hear their news, so let's keep reading. It says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem, probably because King Herod was. If your king's disturbed, you're probably going to be a little disturbed, right? Well, so King Herod, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? He's he's asking, what's going on here? I'm going to need some answers. And here's what they said, "...in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote." That's not a prophecy King Herod wanted to hear. uh, But here's what Herod did. He called a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, "...go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too." Uh, wink wink right like you know Herod didn't really want to go worship him it carries the idea of total panic Herod's panicked he's panicking um, and I know sometimes maybe we even feel panicked during Christmas time uh, will the gifts I ordered show up on time where will, will we stay when we visit family uh, will my kids come home for Christmas whatever it is uh, if you're feeling deeply disturbed or panicked it's a sign that you might be missing what Christmas is all about And now there's this rumor that another king, the rightful king of the Jews, had been born. And Herod didn't like that. In fact, Herod had a whole past of being fearful that he'd lose his reign and rule. Uh, Herod spent most his life murdering his wives and his sons and other people that he thought threatened him being king. He was a very fearful king. And uh, what he was most fearful about is that someone else would take his throne. And today, we might be missing out on Christmas too, just like Herod, if we're fearful of giving up our plans, our priorities, our values, our morals. If we don't want to come to Jesus because we don't want him to alter the way we live, we're fine with Jesus being our Savior and saving us from all the bad stuff, but we have a hard time with Jesus being our king because it threatens us being king. Of our own lives. But get this Jesus was born king. So even though the world is full of kings who will not kneel before Jesus and they miss out just like Herod did, there are still those for whom Christmas is a life changing reality, and that's those who recognize Jesus as their king. Um, these are the people who submit to Jesus as their king and experience his power to live in his kingdom. Uh, here's what Matthew says about that. After this interview that Herod had with the wise men, uh, they went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw Jesus with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, of frankincense, and myrrh and they didn't go run back to Herod after that here's what happened it said when it was time to leave they returned to their own country by another route for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod we're just gonna push Herod over here Herod Herod doesn't matter we're gonna go somewhere else we don't care about Herod now because Herod didn't want to worship Jesus he wanted to probably kill Jesus which you read later in Matthew But what what does the birth of Jesus mean to me? It means that Jesus, my King, was born into the world. He left heaven to come to earth, to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. And he's made a way for each and every one of us to be a part of that kingdom. And whatever your excuse is, whatever the reason that maybe you've been missing out on Christmas is, if you receive Jesus and trust in him as your Savior and King, Christmas will become a life-changing reality in your life.
3: Just Silent night Holy night Always calm Always bright Round the virgin Mother and child Holy and so tender
0: Christmas Eve we pause to prepare our hearts for a most beautiful celebration uh, your birth and coming to earth as our newborn King and Savior of the world clear our minds so we can focus on you and the joy you bring to us through your son Jesus uh, may the same excitement and hope that filled Mary and Joseph the shepherds the magi and all who heard the good news of the coming King consume us and draw us close to you Help us remember and reflect on the awesome prophecies that predicted and anticipated Jesus' birth from the beginning of time. Uh, give us eyes of faith to see and to trust on this side of the cross what they believe through promises and visions. Uh, you are Emmanuel, God with us. You're the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the Son of God. Let all that you are fill our hearts with both gratitude and worship as we offer up this evening of celebration to you, our audience of one. And we receive your great gift to to us of Jesus Christ uh, this Christmas weekend and forevermore, we pray.